Hey, this is Scott Powell with Momentum Church Network, and this is session two of our series, Momentum Church. Uh, this one's titled Motionless, and then we're going to go through the stations uh, that churches find themselves in as they work towards getting to be a church on the move or a moving church that is productive and, and is, is really fulfilling the Great Commission. But this chapter, Motionless. And I just want to think about that word motionless in the context of your church. It's just sitting there, simply existing. And it, it happens over time, the slowing down. But whatever got you to this point, the current reality is a lack of motion. Let me be clear. I'm not talking about aimless motion or momentum, and I'm not talking about busyness. I'm also not simply talking about numerical growth in attendance. I'm talking specifically about purpose and direction. The church has been given a very specific marching order by Jesus himself. Observing Jesus in the Gospels, you, you will notice that moss does not grow under his feet. He's always on the move, but there is purpose in his movement. Two objectives are always in his mind. First, to love and bless people. Jesus doesn't simply establish himself in a central and solitary location and demand people to journey to him. Jesus goes where the people are. Crossing paths with Jesus could happen in the countryside, at a well, alongside the road, in a busy street, or even at the foot of a sycamore tree. Second, Jesus has in his mind always the cross, the place of redemption. For all of his miracles, lessons, and encounters, the ultimate purpose of Jesus was the payment of sin's debt. The good news is that Jesus died so we could live. And the church is to continue that momentum with these two purposes deeply embedded in everything we do, loving God and loving one another. It ought to keep us busy. And yet many churches find themselves motionless. I will return to this boulder as a metaphor for this con condition here. So picture that huge boulder sitting in a field. It's your church and it has been motionless for some time. As you come up to examine the boulder, you can see that it lays in a crater, a natural depression, and it is very stable there. In fact, it's a bit too stable. You notice this when you attempt to move it. It doesn't want to budge. So let's talk about craters. These depressions or craters tend to develop for two basic reasons. One, extended time at rest, and two, a devastating impact. Extended time at rest means it has been a long time since the local church actually got out and pursued the Great Commission. It's been years since we've purposefully engaged in the community, and in that time, we got comfortable. Now, don't confuse enthusiasm and comfort. We want our churches to be enthused and joyful about what God is doing in and through the church, but comfort is not about what God is doing. It's about what we are doing, or in many cases, what we aren't doing. And in our pursuit of comfort... We have built up ridges around our church to kind of keep it from moving uncomfortably. Some churches were forced into a depression by a devastating impact or circumstance. Some issue maybe has slammed them down into the ground and they haven't recovered yet. This was really our case coming to Pratt. Uh, there is both just a long time of, of not engaging and there had been something that had happened years prior that they had really not really gotten past. Well, craters can be very hard to climb out of. In fact, starting is often the most difficult moment of momentum. It requires a consistent push. 
Now, a single hard push often won't get that boulder completely out of the crater. It will require multiple hands pushing tenaciously with full commitment. So what are we willing to do? And I emphasize we. This is where the pastor can't really do it all by themselves. So what are you willing to do alongside the pastor? Well, one, claim your identity. Are you the bride of Christ or are you simply an institution of comfortable believers? Make your decision. Two, commit and covenant. Gather your people, be unified in your purpose, and prayerfully submit yourselves to being God's church. And three, sustenance. Your people must be spiritually fed to continue. Do not forsake those you are requiring to help. Pray together, sing hymns and choruses together, break bread together. Sounds like the Church of Acts, doesn't it? But don't let this become your identity. Recognize it as a time of refueling so you can continue. Now, you're going to run into something that is the fear of change. Change is usually uncomfortable. In fact, it's really the antithesis of comfort. How we respond to change reveals our trust and obedience. Fear will often erode our commitment to fulfilling the mission if we do not recognize it and deal with it. But fear and anxiety are common reactions to change, and there are ways to alleviate these feelings. Like one, don't blindside your church with change. Have a conversation about it, but always preface it with this question. What could we do better to serve and reach our community? I find that most people in church will steer themselves in a positive direction when positing this question. After all, who is going to say, I don't care about our community or God's great commission? We may act like we don't care, but few would actually say it. Two, don't change out of restlessness, boredom, or an attempt to keep up with the First Church of the Joneses. Often this is a result of focusing on uh, what of ministry rather than the why of ministry. Pray through the why. The why is so important. Pray through the why until God has synced your hearts with His And then the conversation over what becomes much more positive and unified. Simply put, know why you are doing something and then go for the what it is you are doing. And then three, don't overwhelm your congregation with too much change too fast. There's really only so much new any person can handle before the stress becomes apparent. This depends on personalities as well. Some absorb change and stride, while others must process through it. So be aware of everyone's stress level and be compassionate towards it. Keep an eye on the ball. The Old Testament leader Ezra said this after the Israelites had returned to Jerusalem after long years of captivity. He said, With praise and thanksgiving they sang to the Lord. He is good. His love toward Israel endures forever. And it says, And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. It's important to focus on the blessings of God, and we do that with praise and thanksgiving. And look at the result, a unified shout of praise to the Lord. So let's get our churches out of the crater and get them moving. So to evaluate, maybe really think about the origin of the crater you might find yourself resting in. Is this because there's been extended time of rest, or was there a devastating impact in your history? And then ask the question, what are we willing to do for the Great Commission? What are ways we can help our church find its God-given identity, unify our congregation, and actually be God's church? And how do we sustain the existing congregation while at the same time reaching the lost? And how do we conquer the fear of change? 
So I would suggest strategizing a plan for your church to proactively approach new ideas and communicate with them and answer the question, why are we employing the ministries we have? What are we missing? Maybe measure how capable is our church of engaging change and then really rate the celebration and joy atmosphere of your church. How would you do that? We'll catch you next time on Session 3.